Let us show you how easy it is to do business here. Summer is sizzling with cookout cash from the Vermont Lottery all through July. Buy a single Megabucks ticket of $6 or more, and you could win a $500 Visa gift card. Buy your Megabucks ticket today. Alrighty, we are back, and uh, let's give a nice warm radio from out. Welcome this morning. And uh, lines next for our guests here. Peter Boynton is joining us. Also, Nick Corley, both involved with productions at the Skinner Barn, which is over in Waitsville. Uh, Peter, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Good we'll, morning. We'll get to you in a minute, Nick. Actually, actually, let's start with Nick this morning. Uh-oh. So we got Uh-oh. two Hot people. Seat. Two people that have walked in here with major injuries. <laughs> so, uh, what happened? What happened to you, Nick? You got a, you got a big bandage between your uh, pointer finger yes. and your middle finger. What yes. happened? Uh, it was it was a, a vicious avocado, and I was trying to get the pit out of it. And there's a way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And I've always done the wrong way. I guess I kind of stab it like you're stabbing someone, and and you I think you're going to make it stick into the middle. Yeah, and it, I'll bet it slid to the side. Oh, it did. Yeah. It went right through the avocado. And right through my hand. Four stitches. Four stitches. So, wow. And the pit is still laughing at you. Too. Yes, yes. The pit lives on. So <laughs> was the avocado pretty much dead at that point? I mean, or did, did, did you guys, like, take over the avocado? Uh, or? No, Nick still ate it. Oh. Yeah, he was but making a salad. Yeah. We had to you finish had his, his dinner preparation for him. Yes. After we, we actually kind of clamped his hand together and got the bleeding stopped, and he didn't go and get it stitched till the next day. Well, you didn't, want to, interrupt, you didn't want to interrupt dinner. Well, that's on. it. We had rehearsal. <laughs> there you go. Right. I mean, the show must the go show on. We, go were, on. we were on dinner break. Of All right. Rehearsal. Now you walked in here walking wounded too. So oh no, I just have a, I have a black thumbnail because oh. I smacked my thumb and it's on its way out. Okay. It does look nasty though. Yeah. No avocado involved. No in avocado. No. Just machinery, property maintenance at the Skinner Barn. Wow. Typical. You know. Why don't you guys just do improv? <laughs> injury improv. Yeah, you well, could just do injury improv. You know what? That improv. would be a good show idea. Injury improv. The audience could come up and whack the actors, and yep. then they could improv about it. There could be like a hammer, a saw, and other instruments, and yeah. then people... Depending on how brave we were. Yeah. It could be sort of a variation on a show you did a few years back, The Mystery of Edmund Drood. You could have sort of the, the right. audience participate in the, the outcome. The ending will depend on what the audience is into that night. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe I could go every night, because I'm kind of a hammer sort of a guy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, actually, I was going to mention to you before we started, and I forgot to, that recently I was on on a vacation in London and saw on stage the first time they had done on stage whose line is it anyway the, uh-huh. the improv thing and I gotta tell you it was really cool you guys uh, you know I'm not gonna make suggestions what you do at the Skinner Barn but wow have you ever thought about doing a kind of an improv thing there um no. I haven't actually, to be honest, because it's, you know, selfishly, it's not my thing. Okay. Um, and there are improv groups, you know, in the Burlington area, so there are definitely people who enjoy it. Um, I'm just kind of a traditional theater guy. I like a script, mm-hmm. you know, go into character rather than kind of making it up. Although sometimes, with a short rehearsal period, you do a little right. improv on stage. You know? Right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe. It depends. I'm open to anything. It just depends on... Thinking about our audience and also who's available. Yeah, who's available, and, right? Because that's a skill. Yeah, you know, is actually my stepson is in New York. He works with UCB Upright Citizens Brigade, doing improv. He actually is a company member, uh, helping run their 
production office and is uh, working his way up. UCB feeds Saturday Night Live. You know, a lot of the wow, yeah. actors that come on to Saturday Night Live came out of UCB. Maybe so. you'll have them up for a night. Like, have the touring company. Yeah. I have a friend who toured with uh, Chicago City Limits, and the touring company went all over. You could yeah. have them come play the barn for a yeah. night. That would be fun. That could be a separate event and still do legitimate theater. Right. Have it right. all. Why not? Right. Why not? Yeah, Why come not? on. Everybody can have avocados, too. Yes. There on. you go. <laughs> and this is not your improv. It's not your thing, Peter, because you're more of a traditional kind of came out of TV. Yeah, you know, every actor... Just trying to get to your background. Well, every actor that works, whether it's television... Yeah, I did a lot of daytime television. As the World Turns was a long one. And I did a lot of theater in New York, tours off-Broadway, Broadway, just like Nick and our fellow company member in um, Pete and Keeley, uh, Katie Blake. All of us have had some improv training because that's just part of your theater training background and some shows have some degree of improv in it but full-on you know yeah. nothing but improv right uh, has never been something that drew me mm -hmm. as much yeah you know? yeah i like a good script with an arc you know beginning middle end and when i go to improv shows i personally laugh and then i'm waiting for something to change you know there's someone's gone through an arc someone's gone through some sort of yeah. story and you don't see it as much because it's real you know quick yeah 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 so. so how do you decide what to pick every year depends um we i talk with nick i talk with Jono, our musical director Jono manelli we try to do something different year to year last year we did a darker show that was wonderful a lot of heart but a darker story that was violet last year so we want to do something a little lighter this year and pete and keely is is definitely uh, a bit of confection in the sense that it's um it's not a fun a, summer evening it's a very fun show it's songs it's uh, standards that people know from the 50s and 60s and it's a couple a la Steve Lawrence, Edie Gourmet, or Sonny and Cher, doing an NBC Sunday night broadcast in 1968. And that, if you remember the shows from that era, they were light, they were fun, a little silly sometimes. So it has that aspect, and it has this couple who had a relationship, went apart, and have come back together to do this show, hmm. and they haven't quite worked out all their issues. So, Oh, nice. They so haven't we, really talked to each other since the rehearsal for the show. Right. So they're... A little, as they say, on the rocks. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been apart for five years. Oh. You know, picture Stevie and Edie got divorced, and they came back together to do a show. That's what this couple is like. Ooh, a little tension there. Yeah, exactly. Work, work out some issues right exactly. there on the, on the floor. So we pick a show that's different. This year is much lighter. It's a quicker evening with intermission. It's about an hour and a half long, you know, so it's a little shorter program, um, a smaller cast, um, fun i guess it's, it's fun just, it's lighter that's the, the best way to describe and i so maybe next year we'll do you know sweeney todd or something who knows okay all right <laughs> a little heavier when i think of shows in the late 60s i'm thinking of laughing and i'm thinking of the flip wilson show too. yeah oh i love the flip wilson show growing up when he oh my gosh. geraldine that was hysterical i mean when you have you know he just recently died not a year or so back and i went back and i looked on youtube at some of the shows that he did i can't believe what he was getting away with back yeah then. they were they were braver back then in terms of television they took more risks it was a more open time there wasn't as many groups ready to jump on you if you say the wrong thing this way or that way so 
you know, laughing the same thing. and um, All in the family? All in the oh, family. Have you ever watched stuff? that? Yes. Yeah. In Brilliant. Reruns? Norman Lear. Yeah. You go, you can't, you're just cringe that you can't believe that, that Archie Bunker actually said that to a national audience. Yeah. yeah. And even, you know, we all know he was sort of half, you know, he was joking, but still, it's like, wow. Times have changed. Yeah. No. And that's what's kind of been fun about doing this show also is um, Pete and Keeley in the 60s, we've been likening to Mad Men and stuff like that. When the show was originally done, it was done before Mad Men. And I think now since Mad Men, we get who those people are in a, in a different way because we've lived through that era again. A different audience has lived through that era. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really fun. And it does, it does, they are saying things on national television that you wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> Right. Say yeah. today. So it does and, play and if, around. And if you think of those variety shows from the 60s, you know, they are, you know, the colors are a certain tone, you know, those lime greens and oranges. And it's very, it's, it pops, you know, it's a very specific era. Mm-hmm. You know. And the humor was pretty specific, too. I mean, it's, it was definitely more family oriented, you know, because it was, if you think about it back then, there were three networks. If you watched TV that night, you probably watched one of three shows rather than one <laughs> yeah. of 300 possible yeah. shows right now. Yeah, that's true. But, but also, we get a kick now out of watching what they took very seriously back then, which is fun. Not that it's it's camp, but it's a little over the top at times and things like that, which is, we find humorous, but they're taking very seriously when they're doing the show. Like what? Like we do a version of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Very earnest very earnest and it would seem a little too earnest today but in that era it was a simpler a little less sophisticated era a little bit and that was that was what performers did Mm -hmm. and the arrangements are just over the top so a way over the top arrangement of battle hymn of the republic is for us to watch now is very very funny and very silly but at the time would have been spectacular on television it's not funny to us you know pete and keely when they're doing it in our show it's not like we're spoofing on it. It's dead earnest. Mm-hmm. You know? But we laugh at them in the audience, so yeah. that's good. So. Now, does everybody that performs in this, is there like some weird ritual? Everybody's got to cut their finger and draw blood and kind of well, be see, I don't part think of that. Katie has had any mishaps yet. But probably before the show starts, we'll cut her just a little. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just, a, just a little. Kind of that blood brother. Maybe a yes. splinter. From now, who is, is it, is it? Blake or Black? Katie? Uh, Katie Blake. Who is Katie Blake? Uh, so Katie is an actress. She's based in New York City. Um, actually, well, you want to tell the fun story about last summer, Nick? Well, she was supposed to... I was supposed to direct the show last summer at uh, the Depot Theater. And Katie was in it's it. It's in Westport. In Westport, New York. And Katie was in the cast and she was cast. She auditioned and came and got the part. And then I got the Broadway company of You Can't Take It With You and ended up dropping out. But Katie did the show with a different director, with a different director, and um, and then I called her this year and said, "Hey, we want to try this again and see if we can go the whole distance this time." So she's great. She's toured all over. She toured with Evita. She did the national tour of Evita, Mamma Mia, Phantom of the Opera, so um, and several other shows. And she writes and she works in Nashville and stuff. So wow. she's a real powerhouse of a person. She's a little dynamo and and funny and. A great voice and um, just delightful in this part. Gosh, sounds like you'd be a terrible guest on this program. I know, horrible, horrible. So you're basically invited her with hopes that you're going to get another big phone call, another big gig. Yes, she's She's my lucky charm, so I'm hoping. Well, he sort of did get a lucky charm. Uh, So Nick just added his fifth Broadway credit. So as he just mentioned, he did You Can't Take It With You with James Earl Jones. 
this past season, and right before he was coming up here to direct this, he got a call from the Roundabout Theater uh, to go into the current Broadway production of On the 20th Century to cover someone who was going on for someone else, and they needed to make sure they could cover that part in case someone else got sick. There's, so, this, there's this weird job in Broadway shows called the vacation swing. Mm -hmm. So if someone goes on vacation, the understudy goes on for them. But then if someone else gets sick, right. who's going on? So you get this phone call. Can you learn the show in a couple days and then just stand in the wings in case someone gets sick? So I got to work with Kristen Chenoweth and um, the whole cast is just incredible. And... Um, and hang out in the wings and just watch the show every night and hope someone doesn't get sick so I don't get thrown on. So It's kind of like being the Senate president pro tem. You're kind of like third in line to the president. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. So well, you didn't get called? I had. I was just in the wings every night. I didn't have to go on. I almost had to go on. Someone else got sick and they were short a girl. And they were going to just have me come on in one number and roll a cannon on stage and roll it off. But they they were able to cover it another way, so it was it was fine. But I almost had to walk on and put a cannon on stage and leave. <laughs> that would have been my glorious uh, performance in that. How are you supposed to reasonably learn all the parts? It's well, on the 20th century it was it was great because it was an ensemble part. So the guy had two scenes, so I learned the two scenes just in case. Right. And then everything else was big ensemble singing, so you just keep. Oh, you mouth it. You just well, no, it. you learn it over and over because oh. I had to do it in rehearsal by myself. Okay. So I just for the what can I do? I can do Battle Home of the Republic silently. Watch this. See, it is. glorious, yeah. glorious. Well, and there is those things that all of a sudden you're off. You just do kind of move your mouth, <laughs> but you hopefully remember all your notes and your harmonies and do the best. And I was very lucky that we did the opening number, which is very complicated, in college in a review nice. of Compton and Green. So. Um, so I already knew the opening numbers. So thank God for that. I had one down and only seven more to learn. And thank God for this country. Yes, yes. Well. yes. God bless America. Uh, you, you were going to add something to that? No. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, the just to clarify, being a vacation swing, he's really covering one person, but that person may do a lot of... You know, a, a wide oh, variety of things, but All it's right. still a ton. I mean, on the 20th century is a big show with a big cast and a lot of music and a lot of scenes. And to learn the show in two days and hang out for two weeks, maybe I have to go on. I mean, I would probably have a nervous breakdown. God, know? I might slice my finger open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might work on more than my thumb. You know, I might, <laughs> Isn't yeah. it a little annoying, though, to learn all those parts and never have to use it? It would have been fun to go on once, but... You got a Broadway credit. For I got that. a Broadway credit for doing nothing, so that's kind of good. And he gets paid great money. <laughs> I got paid to do nothing, so it's kind of good. Wow. All right. Well, you got paid for your rehearsal time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this uh, actual presentation here. So, who's going to. Are you in this? Yes. Uh, I'm playing Pete, and uh, Katie Blake is playing Keeley. We have a trio of musicians. It's the NBC Symphony Trio. The okay. show's set in 1968. And uh, John Manelli, our, our maestro, is back up on the piano. Uh, Nick Detter, who's a local kid who went through Harwood, he's now in New York uh, as a professional drummer. He's our percussionist. And a friend of Nick, uh, Devin Gillingham, he's a, uh, a fellow that's down making uh, waves as a really hot young bass player. He's our acoustic stand-up bass player. Uh, he came up, uh, his friend of Nick's, Nick brought him in. So we have a trio of musicians, 
the two main performers and then uh, another character named Marty who is the production stage manager within this NBC studio production and that's uh, that part's played by Doug Bergstein who's a long time uh, teacher and actor in the Mad River Valley. This Great. is his seventh show with seventh us. Seventh show, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is our 13th year of doing theater. We've got, I think Nick's done 10 of our shows as director. Jono's done, I think, 11 out of, or 12 out of 13. So it's quite a good core group that we have back of professionals every year that um, do a great job. You want the dates and stuff? Please. We open on this Wednesday, the 29th. All shows are at 8 o'clock. Uh, we run Wednesday through Sunday for two weeks. So this week, the 29th through August 2nd, and then next week, August 5th through August 9th. It's a $25 ticket. Folks can get it online at theskinnerbarn.com, or they can call and make a reservation at uh, 496-4422. That's uh, our home phone there at the Skinner Barn. And if they haven't been to the barn yet to see a show, this is a great show to see it. Because it's it's a beautiful setting. This is an hour and a half with intermission. So for some folks, oh, I don't want to go sit. for. Some people don't like to go to the theater because they think they're going to have to sit for a long time. Right. This is a much uh, breezier, lighter fare with great music. Besame Mucho, Fever. um, Black Coffee. Black Coffees. You know, standards that... It's us again. Bobby Darren and those guys of this era, the Rat Pack, right. were singing with two really good singers. Well, one of them's really good. I won't speak for myself. Uh, you're both really good. Mm-hmm. Um, guacamole dip? Yes, I'll available. be making and preparing the guacamole dip <laughs> for everybody. Okay. But, uh, yes. How, how'd you do on the Druid thing when you went to Broadway? You were actually went to Broadway and were and, and I think it was sort of a similar situation that you described here. Yeah, it was um, kind of one of the guys I covered had an appendicitis. Nice. Yes. In the middle, actually, it started in the middle of the show, but he just didn't think he was feeling well, and he comes up to me, I'm standing in the wings about to go on, because my character, because I had my own character, I wasn't just standing by, and it's the part in the show where you vote for the ending, the audience, because yeah. Charles Dickens died at this point writing the novel, so right. there is no real ending of this novel. So the audience votes, and it's different every night. Who the murderer is going to be. Who the murderer is yeah. going to be, who the detective is going to be. There's all these things that you're voted on. And um, so Peter said, you got to go on, you got to go on for me. I'm like, well, now's the part where I do a lot of talking, because I was playing the stage manager, and it's the voting. So he just kind of after the voting went home. And then went to the hospital because he was having an appendicitis and was gone for the next 10 shows, next 10 shows. So the first show I was voted to be the detective. The second show, which was a two-show day, the afternoon I was voted to be one of the lovers. So I had the big make-out scene at the end. That's a lot of extra work. If yeah. For people that know Drood, you, you play a part through the show. But if you get voted by the audience to do these lovers or the extra things at the end, it's a lot of extra work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had to know 12 different versions of the lovers because each, whoever the audience votes for, they're all different. So I had to know 12 of those. So I did the lover and the matinee, and then the evening I was voted, Saturday night I was voted the murderer. So, wow. Three shows Trifecta. I did. Trifecta. Everything possible. It was a little... It was a it was a mind cluster. So when you pick, you get picked as the lover, do they pick who you're going to be in love with, or yes. sex is kind of random? Yes. Too? So no. So I was voted. Cheetah Rivera was starring as the Princess Puffer. So she was actually out. So her understudy was on Allison and myself. So we were voted to be the lovers, and I totally went up partway through. I couldn't remember because there were so many versions. And I got the first half of it, and there was a second half to that version. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't remember anything, and I just, I just said, well, 
now we should sing. And <laughs> she said, okay. And we went into the song. So, wow. Um, it's so. an amazing moment when you're on stage and yeah. it's like learning this show. There's a lot of music for two people to learn in Pete and Keeley. Yeah. And we're ready to go. And yet there are moments when it's like a, just a muddle in your brain, you know, because it's a lot of words and it's a lot of things to remember. And I can just picture Nick out there. His brain was probably exploding. Oh, God. And then it, get, it just feeds on well, itself, too. I did the same. Oh, my God. I was on stage with James Earl Jones and Christy Nielsen. The three of us are on stage. And I was... This is in You Can't Take And You with Can't you. Take It With You. And James had changed a line in the show the week before because it wasn't getting a laugh. Uh-oh. And he, it wasn't a, a good fit for him. So we altered... The line got altered a little. But what I was supposed to say after that was... Uh, a total non sequitur. So the line used to be, well, ne next thing you know, I'm going to have to strip next. And um, I guess I didn't find the idea of James Earl Jones stripping particularly funny. So he just changed, well, I'm going to be next. But my next line is, my goodness, who would have known when I came to deliver the ice that I'd end up staying here for eight years? And uh, so I, I thought, strip, oh, my goodness, like I'm naked. And that's how I got to the next thing. That's how you remembered it. That's how I remembered got the next it. thing. Because yeah. yeah. I was covering multiple people. You so, just did a shake like you're cold. Yeah, thing. ooh, yeah. yeah. So it. I'm cold because I'm naked. So just my goodness, remember. yes, remember yeah. that weird thing because you're not really answering anybody. And so it came time for that. And he just said, well, I was going to, he didn't say the word strip. So I'm out there going, I have no idea what's next. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to talk about, is, it, uh, is that already here? So there's this painting, and I'm just talking about the painting and, and how I like this painting, and I wish you'd finish this painting to Christine. And, and James is just smiling at me. He's loving yeah. this. He's like, and Swarm then City. Christine said, yes, I believe we started that painting when you came here. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Who would have thought? So she helped me get to where I was. And then um, she came back right afterward and said, don't you feel bad about that? Because we had a hard time in rehearsal with that same thing. Because we're not really answering uh, of each yeah, other. So yeah, I yeah. felt okay See, about it. And James got the biggest kick out of it. And I thought, well, you know, the worst thing that can happen, happened. I went up with James Earl Jones and everything turned out fine, and the line got the biggest laugh it ever got. So I thought, and okay, you know, everything's okay. And you know what the reality is? Except for a really bad train wreck in a show, like, you know, a light falls on someone or something really that's not good. Often, the best moments that the audiences remember, and the cast will talk about for the next 20 years yeah. when they talk about all their shows, yeah. are those little mishaps where yeah. something went wrong. Because those are usually the most real moments, and everyone is electrically alert at that moment. And it's fun to watch, as well as experience as an actor. Hello. Well, later, it's This is my argument for improv, okay? So there you go. You, know, there you, you go. just never know what might happen. Yeah, okay. Jeez. We're going to get those hammers up. Uh, if you have any comments or questions for our guests, you can join us at 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. Toll-free 877-291-8255. We've been talking with Peter Boynton and Nick Corley, both uh, involved with the production over at the Skinner Barn. Did you feel at all badly about the guy getting the appendicitis, or did you kind of just secretly say, yes? No, I, I felt that it was the second to last week. And in the show where he got the appendicitis, his son was actually in the house. He'd brought his son who was like 10 at the time. So not oh only did God. he have to leave, he had to get into the house and grab his son <laughs> out of the front row and get him out so they could get out of there. Wow, so that's traumatic. Yeah, it was very, it was crazy. But um, yeah, and I'm sorry. Well, well this is, the story's actually a little worse. He thought... 
he had gone he had had a mini appendicitis before early like a month before yeah. and it went away and he'd gone to the hospital and they told him it was just um heart, heartburn oh. you know he had eaten something too spicy or something <laughs> so yeah. he didn't want to go to the hospital because he thought well, uh, i'm not going to spend another you know two thousand dollars be told i ate spicy food again right so he went home oh, and went to bed so the next day when he did get to the hospital his appendix had burst and it was he was in the hospital for that's 10 days that's when it's bad so yeah a little appendicitis would have been fun but a big appendicitis i felt bad for him it was a horrible thing for him to go through well and if you hadn't been a little more careful with that knife you could have been over in the next room with this guy i know Ish. Or I could have helped him. I could have cut him that, open instead right. of me. That's yeah. right. It well, could have been that new character actor with only four fingers on one fingers, hand. three. <laughs> or Walter Mitty, you know, performing the, the surgery. That exactly. Yeah, pocket a pocket of. All right, we're going to take a, a quick break here. Uh, let me remind you about a sponsor on the program here. Our friends at Red Hen Cafe and Bakery would love to see you today. If you're looking for a great place to go for lunch, it's actually from here in Waterbury, on the way to the Skinner Barn, you can actually go through Middlesex and get yourself a great lunch. We could have one of their fabulous signature sandwiches they make right there on site. You could have one they made first thing this morning, or you could have one of their fabulous soups, too. And, uh, yes, it is all about getting to dessert, where they have some of the best tasty treats you're going to find. They're available starting at 7 o'clock in the morning, and they have many of them still there around lunchtime, too. Even uh, some when you head on home. Now, Red Hen Cafe and Bakery closes a little bit earlier on Mondays. They close at 4. Otherwise, they close at 6. Stop in down and see the folks there. They're right off of Interstate 89. Exit 9 in Middlesex, right there on Route 2. You cannot miss them. Red Hen Cafe and Bakery, stop in down and make it there for lunch today. We'll be back right after these important announcements. We are high performance, low pressure. Mike Nicastro here from Walker Volkswagen on the Barry Montpelier Road. And I'm excited to announce our summer model year-end clearance event happening now. Get 0% financing for 60 months on most models or 0% for 72 months on all 45 mile per gallon TDI Jettas and Passats. To qualify buyers, this means absolutely no interest, resulting in a much lower payment. Also, here's an exclusive offer only from Walker Volkswagen. Get three years or 30,000 miles of scheduled maintenance included with the purchase or lease of all new Volkswagen models during the month of July. A $400 value that will reduce your overall cost of ownership and keep your money where it belongs, in your pocket. Buying a Volkswagen is easy with Walker's upfront pricing. Stop by, call, or click walkervt.com for your easy upfront price. Our staff has one goal, exceeding your car buying expectations. Upfront pricing is a better car buying experience that will save you time and money. Only at Walker Volkswagen, your source for everything Volkswagen on the Bear Montpelier Road and walkervt.com. Interested in learning more about crossbows? Join RNL Archery and Parker Crossbows for a day of crossbow demonstrations this Saturday. Come by and try out the latest in crossbow technology from Parker. Speak with professionals, discuss upcoming changes to state regulations, and learn the benefits and disadvantages. Representatives from Parker Crossbows will be on hand to answer your questions. This event is free and will be held rain or shine. This Saturday from 10 to 4 at the Whistling Arrow Archery Club on Route 14 in East Montpelier. 
Vermonters agree, every child deserves a strong start. But how do we help them succeed? 80% of the brain develops by age 3 and 90% by age 5. So, for our youngest children, learning starts day one. Through reading, singing, talking, and playing, we help them build the skills they need to succeed. In school, in relationships, in life. Join the statewide conversation about the importance of the first years at letsgrowkids.org. Do you have water damage or soot damage? Call SR Services in Montpelier. They're the experts. Don't get discouraged if your home has been damaged by water from flooding or a leaky roof. SR Services has the equipment and expertise to restore the appearance of your home to like new again. They work on tile and grout floors, too. Gray grout lines will be white again thanks to SR Services. For water and smoke damage or professional carpet cleaning, call SR Services at 223-6577. SR Services, 407 Barry Street in Montpelier, 223-6577. Chevy's bonus tag sales event is going on right now at Cody Chevrolet Cadillac. Now through July 31st, get $10,000 in total value savings on select new 2015 Chevy Silverado Crew Cab All-Star Edition pickups. See us for details. Find your Chevy bonus tag. Find your deal. So hurry in today during Chevy's bonus tag sales event. Get more than you expect for less than you imagine. See the largest selection of Silverados in central Vermont at Cody Chevrolet Cadillac. Another reason? Cody is why. Chevy's the buy. Chevrolet, find new roads. Back to continue our discussion, we've been uh, talking with some folks involved in the production that is starting on Wednesday down at the Skinner Barn. Uh, we were actually just talking about this during the break. This is a fairly short run here that's going on. It's really only two weeks, and uh, you would really love to see people there this week. Why? Well, yeah, what happens every year, this is our 13th year doing it, we see it year in, year out. Um, People want to see the show, and we're a small theater. We can only seat maybe 115 people or so. And they wait to the second week, and we're pretty much always sold out the second week, and we're turning people away. So I've been trying to train them to think, you know, come that first week. Uh, don't assume you're going to get in the second week. So, right. you know, maybe um, people will think about that this year because... Uh, it's the same show, you yeah. know, and you can when you can get in, it's great. What I hate as a producer is someone says, oh, oh yeah, we tried to go last year and we couldn't get in. So they think, oh, we won't try that. You know, that's the biggest nightmare for a producer. So I'm always urging our regular audience and people who maybe haven't been yet, mm-hmm. come that first week. You're going to get in for sure. Probably a very good likelihood the second week as well, but not as guaranteed because right. we usually do get the biggest response that second week. It's only 10 performances. Yeah. There's and I think so it's... Much, there's so much to do, you know? I mean... That's the man. thing. It's a it's a busy schedule here yeah. in the summer. There's so many opportunities to see things. Right. But I think going to the the barn, I don't know. I, year in, year out, you just even look at it on the website. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous property. And it's, it's something special and very old New Englandy kind of thing. Or, you know, to on a summer night go into a barn or something there's a huge theatrical tradition of this because in the old days there was no air conditioning the 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 broadway theaters were closed in the summer and and all the actors went out and toured and that's becoming less and less so it's very special to walk into this beautiful barn on a beautiful night and and see a show with really talented people yeah is this a is this a comedy is it a tragedy oh what it's is a comedy it? okay yeah, it's funny it's you know it's that um it's a little bit of it's i i keep saying it's a little bit like a reality show you know you've got now the people are into these you know housewives of new york or whatever 
You've got this couple who've been together a long time. They've had 13 gold albums, a la Steve and Edie. And they've been divorced for five years. They're getting back together. And they have a script. And they're supposed to stick to the script. But, but they, they keep needling <laughs> each other, and finally it kind of blows up. It has a happy ending. Everybody's full of love at the end. But it's funny because they're, they've, they're airing their issues publicly on this NBC Sunday night broadcast, just like a reality show. Mm. So. Well, it's also fun for the audience and that the audience is a character in the show. The audience is the studio audience at the broadcast. Oh, you actually bring someone up out of the audience. It's it's uh, The sponsor for the show is Swell Shampoo. Sound familiar to something else? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Swell Shampoo is the sponsor, and we, with a drawing for the audience, uh, we pick a Swell Queen every night, and she gets a big hairdo and some prizes and that sort of thing. Hmm. Just like one of those shows from the 60s. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking Prell. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Where'd they that, get that? that green stuff that yes. looked like you could exactly. take the paint off of your car, exactly. too? Uh, yeah. Tell me one issue that you have with Keeley. So, what in your marriage? Oh, in, what, uh, yeah. well, for example, we. Just um, sort of vaguely. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell it from Pete's point of view. That's my character. Mm -hmm. Two things I would say. One, uh, she imbibes a bit. Okay. So she had a little bit of a uh, problem with that, and uh, apparently I did not. And the other thing is, uh, as in some long-term marriages, perhaps the uh, thrill was gone. And as a guy, you know, when the spigot was turned off, I went elsewhere. Is that a nice way to say it? Yes. Thank you. That was actually pretty eloquent. Thank what, you. What's her issue with you? Uh, her issue with me is that when the spigot got turned off, I went elsewhere. <laughs> okay. And uh, that... Um, <laughs> She's really driven. She's, she's driven. She's like, you know, she's the powerhouse of the couple. She found me singing in my grandfather's Italian restaurant. You know, I was, I was slinging spaghetti and singing for my supper, happily doing it. I wanted to be a pro baseball player. I didn't want to be a performer necessarily. Uh-huh. Okay. So her issues with me are I'm not driven enough. I don't want to work enough. You know, I like the ladies too much. She has a great line. Peter has uh, Pete has this thing for young ladies, and the problem is he keeps showing it to them. Mm, nice, uh, nice. So that gives you a little idea. That's clean enough yeah. for radio, right? Yeah, yeah. Well done. But uh, and, and also with her being the Paris, but what's interesting is they're like with a lot of those couples, they were they're stronger as a duo than they are as solo acts. So even after divorce, she went on with her albums and things. But the, America wants them together, and it's interesting because you know. Edie Gourmet and Steve Lawrence were very much that, you know, the, the albums with the two of them actually did really, really, really well. So. But, I, but I'm thinking that's not the case with Sonny and Cher. No. And that's, no. Yeah. 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 that's definitely different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think I'd want to listen to a whole album of Sonny singing. No. <laughs> no. Uh, what, what else are you up to? I'm doing a couple of things. I have, uh, directing-wise, I'm doing this uh, sequel to Christmas Carol that we've been working on. A guy named Nick Meglin, who's a fantastic guy, uh, wrote the book. He was the editor of Mad Magazine. He retired a couple of years ago, but he was there f through the 60s and the 70s and wow. all those. I'll bet he's got great stories. Oh, great stories. And, and he used to do a lot of those musical parodies they do in Mad Magazine. Yep. So he wrote the lyrics and the, the script, and a guy named Neil Berg wrote the music. And it's lovely we're doing it. If anyone's going to be in the Westchester area during the holidays, we're doing it at the Broadway Westchester uh, Theater. And, um, and that's as a 
kind of like a last tune-up before hoping to bring it into the city later, maybe? No, we, what we'd like to do is license it, because it's it's hard with the holiday show, because it's right. so expensive, you can only run so long. Although, what did you do for 12 years at... Well, I did Christmas Carol at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> but the theater sat 5,000 people, so you could make your money, and that ran for... 10 years. And that was with music with Alan Menken wrote the music who did all those. Yeah, Disney tell songs. some of the stars who played Scrooge you worked with. I worked with Frank Langella. I worked with Jim Dale. I worked with Tony Randall. Who's the Star uh, Trek guy? Star Trek guy. Yeah. Didn't you work with um, the guy who was the captain in the new Star Trek? Didn't he do it? No, he did. Oh, he did a one-man version of Patrick Christmas Carol. Patrick Stewart yeah. did a one-man version of Christmas God. Carol on He's Broadway good. at the He's same time. Actor. I wish he did it every year. He was fantastic in that. Yeah. So, um, Gosh, I thought you were talking about Sulu there for a moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As Scrooge. Yeah. That'd be good. Why not? I would go. Anything goes during the holidays if it's fun. So, And if it's improv. If it's improv, it's God good. Knows, who knows what go. might happen? Uh, well, before you, you answer the second half of that question, let me remind our listeners about one of our other fabulous sponsors. If your uh, clothing doesn't fit correctly, and why would you want to go out on stage looking like that? Stopping over and see our friend Mike Rousseau at the tailor shop in Stowe's Lower Village. He, um, that, interestingly, he has the same schedule you guys do. He's open on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Not Saturday and Sunday, but he, uh, he's, he's that successful. That's how good this guy is. More than 50 years of experience in the tailoring business. There is not a job that you will bring his way that he has not seen before. Men's and women's clothing, and he also does great repair work as well, too. That's Mike at the tailor shop in Stowe's Lower Village. The next building past the Shell Station as you head up here from Waterbury on Route 100. Anything else you're working on? I'm working on, I just on, did on this, your, on, on other than healing my hand and getting my stitches out later today, which I'm very excited about. Can I, can I like squeeze that really hard? No, just to no. See, no. How, see what happens here? <laughs> There's times where you're doing like normal everyday tests, you don't even, you're not even thinking about your hand and all of a sudden you move it a certain way and you go, ah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've had it. Avocado. A, yeah. Avocado yeah. hand. Um, I just did the, a big out of town tryout of a new musical version of uh, the Drew Barrymore movie Ever After. So they've written this musical version of it, and we just did that at the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. And then now the producers are going to decide what they want to do with it. We might go to another big city out of town and continue work on that. So we're waiting to see if that makes its path back into Broadway. Mm -hmm. But um, Nick's a pirate. Fun. You should have seen his picture. I, I was a gypsy, actually. You look more like a pirate. I know. I did look like a pirate. Well, I, I have your next open. role. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. There you go. Thank, thank you both for coming. And thanks again for uh, uh, entertaining me, at least, and hopefully a few <laughs> others here for the Mark, we love coming on your show. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Peter Boynton and uh, Nick Corley, both affiliated with The Skinner Barn. Check it out at theskinnerbarn.com. Go this week. Go this week to their event. That's going to wrap things up for today. Thank you very much for joining us. Come back and join us same time, same place tomorrow right here on FM 96.1 WDEV Warren and the flagship AM 550 WDEV Waterbury. My pillar news is coming your way next. AP Radio News. I'm Rita Foley. President Obama traveling in Africa is wading into the squabbling among Republican presidential candidates saying political attacks from Donald Trump, Mike Huckabee, and Ted Cruz would be ridiculous if they weren't so sad. The American people deserve better. Certainly presidential debates deserve better. Over the weekend, Huckabee accused the president of signing on to a nuclear deal that would... Take the Israelis and basically march them to the door of the oven.
A reference to the Holocaust, referring to that nuclear deal with Iran. Mike Huckabee told the Sirius XM Patriot Channel. I read the entire thing. We gave away the whole farm. It's, uh, it's got to be stopped. The president suggests that perhaps this tough talk is an effort to get attention in a crowded Republican race. Or even an attempt to elbow Donald Trump out of the race. Some pundits are speculating that Trump might run as a third-party candidate because he's not getting the attention he wants from the Republican Party leaders. But this morning, the GOP National Committee Chair, Reince Priebus, said he doesn't see that happening. Boston is trying to win the right to host the 2024